The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk. Now, in recent days, a number of dogs in Norway have suddenly become ill and died. And to tell us more about this, and also to take your pet questions, Pete Wedderen, Pete the Vet, is with me in studio. Pete, good morning. Good morning, Pat. What's going on in Norway? Well, that's a very good question. Um, What we know is that somewhere between 60 and 100 dogs have fallen seriously ill, and over 25 of those have died despite treatment, and they haven't a clue what's causing it. Um, So the appropriate institutes and laboratories over there are taking all actions they can to find out, doing autopsies in every dog that dies, but so far they haven't found a common link. Um, The closest thing they found, actually, just the news today, is a particular bacteria called Providencia alcalifaciens, which is has been identified in majority of the dogs that have died. But the thing is, that's a bacterium which is seen sometimes in dogs that die of yeah. other illnesses, So, and it doesn't go from dog to dog. So it's, a, it's still a very it's a big mystery. mystery. So what mystery. are the instructions to dog owners in Norway? Well, the, the signs of disease are serious bloody diarrhea. Um, it's called hemorrhagic gastroenteritis mm-hmm. as, as a sort of syndrome, if you like, and most commonly it's... Uh, it's often caused by parvovirus in this country to dogs that aren't vaccinated. Now, that's been disproven in... in it's not parvo. It's, it's not that. They don't even think it's infectious, funny enough, because there, there could be two dogs in one house and only one of them gets it. So at the moment, it's a complete mystery. And really, all they're doing is they're saying that people should try to keep their dog on a leash and try to avoid other dogs in case perhaps there is some type of infectious nature to it. Um, And they're telling people not to have gatherings of dogs. So dog shows and dog training classes, they're stopping those for the moment. Um, Make sure your dog is fully vaccinated against the serious diseases. um, And I suppose um, look out for the early signs of diarrhea and so on. So it's a mystery and um, a lot more work needs to be done. It does. I'm sure they'll get there in, in, in the coming weeks. But in the meantime, I don't know how many people do go from Norway to Ireland. Indeed, do any dogs go from Norway to Ireland? But certainly if you're doing that kind of travel, I'd be very aware of this and, you know, taking extra hygiene precautions. Now, let's move on to a challenge for vets, and that mm. is Brexit. Mm. Um, uh, by the way, just to fill you in on another uh, Brexit uh, breaking news story, the Belfast High Court has dismissed a legal challenge that argued the UK government's Brexit strategy will damage the Northern Ireland peace process. So that's another uh, little piece in the jigsaw. Anyway, mm. vets and Brexit. Yes, the, the big problem here is that loads of vets are going to be needed because um, If there's no deal Brexit, what happens is that the UK effectively becomes what's called a third country. So it's equivalent to Venezuela or Sudan or, you know, um, a place where there's minimal disease um, controls. And so there's a very high risk of animals coming from such a country straight into Ireland or straight into the EU. Because it's classified as a third country, that means that you have to very strict border checks. And that means all animal products, live animals and other products, have to be inspected by a vet. And that means there's a sudden and huge requirement for veterinary manpower. And it just isn't there. And that's a really big issue. And Veterinary Ireland, which is the body that represents vets, is concerned that the government isn't talking to them directly. The government's been going straight to the veterinary market and advertising for people. And what they're offering um, doesn't tie in with what Veterinary Ireland feels is the right sort of mix for, for for the market. All right. So um, hopefully that even in the event of a a hard Brexit, Mm. negotiations will take place that Mm. maintain animal standards and health standards. The concern for veterinary would be that um, vets might be drawn to sort of 40-hour weeks 
away into the ports and away from vets and private practice and that then will cause and have a knock-on effect for farmers in particular because the, the local vet practice is going to be understaffed. It's kind of one of the complications of Brexit that we're going to have to face. All right, some of the questions now. Uh, my son wants a pet snake. Is this wise? What sort of care is involved? Are there different choices of breeds? There certainly are different choices of breeds. I, I, I used to keep snakes as I was a boy. and mm-hmm. I had a couple of grass snakes. They seem to have gone out of favour a little bit these days, and the equivalent would be the corn snake. They, they're lovely little creatures. They're kind of up to two or three feet long, and um, you feed them on frozen um, newly born mice you buy in, the soup, buy in a pet shop. So it's kind of, um, I think they're interesting pets. They're quite easy to keep. Um, they tend to escape. That's a really big issue. Yeah. And do they survive in the wild? I mean, do we have a natural grass snake in Ireland? No, we don't. So, so if, if, if they escape, then they're That's probably it. not going to survive. And something um, will eat them. I'm not sure what happens. They disappear is the best I can say. <laughs> but I, I, I think parents should be aware that they can, all reptiles can carry some bacteria like salmonella that can have, can have consequences for, for humans, especially children. So do make sure you educate your children carefully about hygiene if you have these pets. My three-year-old cat is suddenly sleeping all day for the last week, eating well, but I'm concerned because he's usually a lively cat. That's a very interesting question. How much do you worry about that? I probably wouldn't worry in the short term if the cat seems, you know, behaving reasonably normally and eating well and everything else is normal. I'd be just watching them carefully. One thing I learned from one of my cats that used to sleep all day was I I thought the cat just slept all the time, but we put a little tag on him so we could monitor where he went during the night. And what happened was he slept right through till 11 at night, and as soon as we went to bed, he was outside, and he was busy till 6 in the morning, really active. (laughs) So basically he was knackered all day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I wonder if possibly your cat's doing that. Another one, for the last three or four days, a cat has started coughing fur boils uh, quite regularly. Is there anything we can do? Yeah, fur balls are an interesting problem as well because they may actually be a little bit of, a, of an illusion in the sense that um, cats normally groom themselves and swallow fur. And so if they happen to be sick for any reason, then they bring back fur because they've eaten fur when they've been grooming themselves. So that doesn't necessarily mean that the fur is causing the vomiting. So it's correlation rather than causation. So what that means is I'd be more concerned that the cat is vomiting full stop. Uh, so I would be... For starters, putting the cat onto a very bland diet. You can go to the pet shop or vet and get a diet that's very, very easy to digest. I would start off by doing that. I give the cat a worm dose too. And if your cat continues to bring up fur balls regularly, then you should go to your vet because there's lots of diseases like liver disease, kidney disease, inflammatory bowel disease, lots of reasons that can cause cats to vomit. And some of them are very serious. My elderly collie, age 14, is eating grass a lot for the last few weeks and occasionally throwing up, but generally in good form and not off her food. Any idea from Pete as to what might be the problem? That's from, uh, from Ellen. Uh, dogs eat grass. My dogs liked scotch grass particularly, mm. not mm. your lawn grass. Yes. Um, I think a change in habit is a significant thing here. It's normal for dogs to graze a bit of grass. If a dog suddenly starts eating lots and lots of grass, what that would suggest would be that for some reason they're feeling a bit nauseous. There's something inside them that makes them feel... Uh, a need for something different and dogs seem to learn that if if they're feeling nauseous and eat grass then they vomit and then they feel better after they've vomited because it relieves a sense of nausea I would say any 14 year old dog that hasn't been to the vet for some significant time I'd say take them to the vet and get an annual uh, check done and often that the vet will make sure there's nothing obvious wrong with them but they'll also often recommend things like a blood and urine test to identify under the surface problems that can be treated A a couple more Uh, our rescue pet Lurcher has gone missing in Tallah since yesterday 
we've posted it online. What else can we do? We're worried sick. Contact the dog pounds for sure, because if your dog's picked up and taken the dog pound, um, you know, you have five days to find them. Otherwise, they'll be likely to be rehomed. So contact the dog pounds. I'd also contact all the animal welfare, animal rescue groups in your area and really do your best to put the word around. Um, I hope your dog's microchipped. One of the great things about compulsory microchipping is that dogs are returned to owners far more frequently than they used to mm-hmm. be. A final one from Martin. For Pete the Vet. Could you ask him, is there any advice he could give me on looking after a male llama I, I brought in as a guardian to my flock of sheep? Have you ever heard of such a thing? I have indeed. Um, I have to say I'm not an expert in looking after llamas. They're kind of, I don't really look after animals that are bigger than St. Bernard's and yeah, llamas are big enough. <laughs> bigger again. Um, I'd say to anybody who, who gets an exotic uh, creature like that, you really should do your research before getting mm. the pet. I mean, they're ruminant. They what? Will they just uh, eat the, grass and well, stuff like grass that. and hay is the main diet of this yeah. type of animal. Um, but um, like I say, it's something which um, you shouldn't really be fooling the veterinarian to ask that kind of question. To be honest, <laughs> you shouldn't have the llama before you've done your research. Uh, no, I no. presume there are things like the hooves have to be it's, tidied it's, up, uh, like a donkey would be, and um, you know the right time of year to take off the the coat and all yeah, of that. Indeed, and um, parasite control. What sort of vaccinations should you do? Diet is really, really important. What sort of nighttime accommodation does the creature have? All these issues are important, and you have to get them right. Are you doing Facebook? We're doing Facebook Live right now. Okay, right now. So it's uh, facebook.com forward slash today. The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk.